Okay, Mike, so I have some good news for you. Oh, yeah? Do you really? I do. Uh, you know how you didn't like running Zangors? Uh, well, <sighs> you don't have to run Zangors anymore because apparently GW just wants you to play Rubric Marines at Scarborough. Fabulous. They heard us. Capitalism. <laughs> they must have heard us loud and clear complaining about it all last year because they pretty much, if you look at the new rules that have come out in Psychic Awakening, it's like they were reading our minds or listening to the podcast, right? Yep. You get nothing, goat herders. <laughs> it's all proper dusty boys. I mean, they went to some really big efforts here in some of this stuff to really make it so that stuff did not synergize with Zangors at all. Like, even Zangor characters, the poor Zangor shaman, they, they even went to the degree of saying, nope, you are not part of the cult. Even cultists, the name is in the cult. The name is in the, you know, cult is in the name of the unit. And they can't <laughs> they can't be part of a cult sorry afraid that is the case so why don't we just jump right into this man um we've got nine new cults uh some of the new leaks you might have seen um we're recording this about a week before the actual official copy comes out um i believe it's coming out on the on saturday uh, on saturday the 25th Fifth is the official drop, uh, but I believe uh, all of the rules that are actually in the book have officially leaked at this point. Uh, so we're going to jump into these and talk about it and kind of give you guys some ideas of what we're thinking looking at this stuff. So um, right off the bat, Mike, uh, so they, they basically, if you remember the old codex, they basically, you know, if you look at the beginning of it, they had the nine cults that were in there. Um, cult of Prophecy, Time, Mutation, Scheming, Magic, Knowledge, Change, Duplicity, and Manipulation. Uh, they had some pretty good fluff in there on that stuff, and I guess they decided that what they were going to do was use that as the basis for how they rolled out all of the rules, which is actually pretty cool at the end of the day, because if there's nine of them, and each of them gives you a psychic power, a warlord trait, and a relic, that's a lot of new stuff that we just got. Like, actually a more in certain areas than other armies have been getting in second week. Yeah. So what they've essentially done is they've said, um, <laughs> when you're building your army, uh, you basically uh, take a thousand suns detachment, you assign it a cult. Uh, that cult gives every psyker in the detachment a cult power for free. Uh, so they all get whatever the power is that's in the book. They all just get that for free in the detachment. With some caveats, of course. Yes, there are some caveats. So first of all, Magnus and Aramon don't get the cult rules at all. Uh, so they pretty much just didn't give them the ability to get anything out of this for the most part. Uh, as we were kind of leading into cultists and Zangors don't get cult rules either. Uh, that's important because uh, actually with Magnus and Aramon, all of that is kind of important because it means they aren't targetable. Uh, by a lot of this stuff. So even though they can be in your detachment and you can, you know, you're not breaking detachment rules, having them in there, they'll never really get much of a benefit out of this. Uh, you know, in the most part, there's some in here with some of the auras or some of the relics and things like that, where you can get some bonuses out of it to them, but it's kind of, you're probably not going to be using that. Yeah. I will admit, I'm a little surprised they didn't just assign Aramon a uh, cult. Like maybe a yeah. cult of prophecy. I would think it would thing. be cult of prophecy, wouldn't it? But then that kind of brings up the whole issue everybody, as these rules were leaking, what everybody was kind of saying was, well, if you're going to have the cult, of, you know, cults in there, what cult does Magnus belong to? And I guess GW just, rather than trying to say he belongs to all of them, he actually belongs to none of them, just kind of like Aramon. Yeah. So... Uh, but that's kind of the sense of it. We also got uh, a bunch of new stratagems, which we'll, uh, we'll kind of get to after we get through the cults. So I figured, Mike, why don't we just jump right into the cults here? Um, yeah. Just kind of talk about uh, each of these, uh, try and breeze through them here and uh, cover what we get. So Cult yeah. of Prophecy. Uh, they get a psychic power, which is a warp charge six. Uh, basically lets them, let you roll a d6. Uh, and set it aside. This is kind of like uh, pulling from the Age of Sigmar rules a little bit. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of get like this fate dice uh, where whatever you rolled there, you can kind of set aside and just know that, hey, for something like a hit, wound, advanced charge, psychic test, morale test, something like that, yeah. um, you can replace a known result in there if you need it. Yeah, it's a fact that it uses the same mechanic that the uh, Sisters of Battle uh, use now. 
the miracle um, dice. Yeah. It's just instead you have to activate it in the psychic phase. Yeah. <clears throat> I can see this being to. really good for um uh, they kind of they kind of like narrowed it down to what you can use it for. So you've yeah. you've got it very particular things that are in there. So it's not like, hey, I'm rolling damage on something and I can use it, which you can't. Uh, it's mm-hmm. more for the bigger the bigger phase actions that you're taking. I think uh, charges is probably going to be the big thing that people use it for, especially if they roll good. Uh, yeah. So it could be something where, hey, there, I rolled a six or a five. You're kind of like, hey, you know what? I can guarantee that I've got at least a five-inch charge on there, which means I just need to roll, what, a three up with my Zengors to make my charge? Yeah. The, the other thing it's useful for is um, you can also use it in morale if you roll like a one to mm-hmm. sort of auto-pass morale. Yep. Um, there are a bunch of sort of very cool applications for an ability like this. Yep. The um, only sort of limiting thing is that unlike sisters who can generate do- almost a half dozen dice per turn, mm-hmm. if they sort of specialize at it, you only get the one. Yeah. So somewhat limited in that regard. Yeah, it's a little it's a little unfortunate that they didn't do something like if you roll a nine plus on this thing, you get like a bonus plus two or plus one or something like that to whatever the dice roll is. So you can you can effectively have like a seven plus result waiting there or something like that. Which I mean, when you do this kind of thing, you could do that. But um, the uh, the other thing they get is a warlord trait here. Um, so once per turn, when they're firing Overwatch, basically what you can do is. <laughs> Your warlord can, uh, or your war- the unit with this warlord trait can then, after they're done firing Overwatch, move six as if it's the movement phase, which is actually really funny because you could have something <laughs> like a Terminator Sorcerer who's like, nope, can't get me, can't get me, and yep. just keeps jumping around and moving around, move through walls, things like that. So, yeah, yep, that would be pretty cool. Um, then, uh, you know, the, the other, relic. Hmm? yeah, the the other thing uh, that's pretty cool. There's, I think, a um, cool stratagem that I think can kind of tie into this a little bit um, later on. But uh, yeah, like you were yeah. saying, uh, there's a relic that these yep. guys get too. The uh, Psychic Brother. When an friend, any friendly unit within six inches is chosen to attack, you may reroll one hit, wound, and damage roll. So, yeah. Now I it, think this is hit, wound, or damage yeah, roll. I think so. I think your notes are... Yeah, my notes are shitty. So Junction, junction, watch, <laughs> or function. Uh, so, but yeah, so um, it sort of gives your guys a sort of salamander-esque ability to re-roll yep. as needed. Now, the big thing on this, this is kind of the one that I think a lot of people are talking about because if it makes it through the FAQs, uh, the wording on this thing is actually very uh, specific and that it's any friendly unit. So what this gets really creative with is you can run things like knights, and knights will now be you know affected by this if they're within six inches. Um, and that's actually really, really big, considering how Thousand Suns tend to get played on the competitive um, uh, landscape. They are typically taken into Supreme Command. Uh, you typically have Aramon and whatever sorcerers you, you decide to bring along, or Demon Princes or whatever. Uh, when you do that now, you're not only being able to maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, buff other stuff, you can actually now provide some kind of aura enhancement to the rest of your army. So I feel like that just kind of doubles down on the Supreme Command thing. Um, and all this stuff is really good. Um, I think the Cult of Prophecy is going to be one of the most taken cults out of the whole thing, especially in the competitive area where you can just bring the Supreme Command, bring the Cult of Prophecy. You've got a D6 that you can just set aside. Um, however, the one thing about that um, psychic power is that you can only do that for Cult of Prophecy units. So yep. it really is going to probably come into things like psychic tests or uh, wound rolls or things like that where you know, you've got some, or a charge or an advance or something to get away from things. Um, that it kind of narrows it down a little bit if you're not running them with other thousand suns. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so jump into cult of time. Uh, yep. They get a power, uh, which is warp charge five. And uh, just to add on top of this, what's awesome? There's only one power that's warp charge seven. Out of all these new powers that we're going to need, the rest of them are Warp Charge 5 or 6. Uh, most of them are actually all 6, except for this one that we're talking about right here, uh, which is actually great that it's Warp Charge 5 because what it does is it returns a Cult of Time infantry model uh, back to health. Uh, and if you roll a 9 or higher, you get D3 models back. 
this is fantastic if you like running rubric marines or scarable terminators. Yeah, I, I will admit it's actually probably one of the best sort of healing mechanics in the game because every other ability for return a model it has one wound left, but this yep. is bam. Four. Now here's here's the great thing, Mike. If you keep your let's say you keep your sorcerer alive, um, there's a stratagem, uh, and you know what? We might as well just kind of start talking about these. Uh, because there's a stratagem, uh, I believe it's called Indomitable, uh, not Indomitable Foes. Um, it's the Sorceress Infusion. Uh, so basically, if a Thousand Sun model manifests a Psychic Power on a 9+, plus, that unit um, contains any models with lost wounds, you can immediately heal D3 wounds, or you're going to turn a slain model to the battlefield. Uh, so what's cool about this is... If you're in a situation where, okay, I've got a sorcerer and a couple terminators that are left, and I've got, um, I don't know, it's a big squad of 10, you could, in, in a, essence, uh, get back D3 plus uh, one model, so you could actually get through get a, another model back uh, using a command point for the strategy. Yeah. Uh, so you just tack all that together, you could heal up to four uh, terminators just pop right back up, which is pretty awesome. Mm, this is a nice bit of synergy there. That's right. And what's great about this is I know this is something that a lot of folks in the community were asking for uh, when we did our, um, uh, what is it, our community poll uh, every year, which is uh, coming up pretty soon. Um, the common thing that we always see come up is, uh, can we get uh, sorcerers or get some kind of spell to reanimate stuff, kind of like Necrons do? And yeah. this is it. So, all right. Uh, they get a Whirler trait. Uh, if you manifest power on nine plus, you can immediately attempt one additional power. This is amazing. This is really, really amazing. Uh, so no longer do you have to, with these guys, no longer do you have to basically spend a CP to cast again. Now you can just get it for free uh, if you manifest something on nine plus. Uh, so if yep. you've got someone like an Exalted Sorcerer uh, where you're casting twice, uh, what you can do is pretty much just kind of go through your two powers and hope that, Hey, you know what? If I happen to cast on a nine, I don't have to use my stratagem. I can just cast that third power for free if I need to. Yeah. Which honestly part of, probably part of the reason why they didn't allow Magnus to be joined any of the cults is because of how yeah. well he synergizes with this particular power. That's right. Cause you can give him like uh, two off of himself and then another two off the stratagem, right? Uh, you can do two off of him. Uh, you can get a stratagem to cast one. You have this to cast one. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. And yeah. I think you can even, um, there's a Whirler trait in the core codex that I think allows them to cast one more. Or is it just no one more? I think it's no one more. No one more? Okay. But, I mean, if you were planning for that to be kind of his thing, you could yeah. have a poor man's Aramon, in essence, right? Uh, yep. you know, just hoping that, hey, if I get a nine plus or I just use a stratagem for it. Yeah. So then we have uh, the Hourglass of Monat as the Cult of Time relic. Yep. Uh, the first time this model is destroyed, return to the battlefield at the end of the phase with the D3 wounds remaining. They you know what this is going on, don't you? Yep. <laughs> Demon Prince. Uh-huh. I mean, honestly, this is a fantastic relic. It's a, um, some definite power creep going on here. Uh, every other ability to uh, sort of get a character back up requires a dice roll, like for Celestine, it's two up. For uh, yeah. uh, Inari, it's a four up. Um, yeah. But this is just, nope, happens automatically. Demon Prince is back up, he's ready yep. to go. Yep, that's right. Is there, um, is the, isn't there something that uh, stops, is it Slanesh that stops triggered abilities or something like that? So there are, I think there is at least like one thing in the game that can potentially yeah, stop. I, I think there's happening. a Slanesh demon relic that does that. I yeah, could be wrong. But it that's kind of a narrow thing, but uh, okay. Yep. Moving along, we got a lot to get through. Uh, cult of Mutation. Yep, uh, nice they cult. Get, yeah, it's a good, good cult. Uh, select, select a terrain feature within 18 inches and an enemy unit within three inches of that terrain feature, have that unit's movement and subtract one from their advanced and charge rolls. Uh, I think this is amazing, because especially if you're going up against um, assault-heavy armies, yep. or say, Slanesh, like the Possessed Bombs, um, or even maybe Assault Centurions. Uh, if you go up against them, you can basically just shut them down. Yeah, especially in the ITC format with the sort of over-reliance on terrain. Mm -hmm. uh, this ability punishes that playstyle very heavily. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, too, the other thing is um, our our big problem right now with, with AP2 bolters is 
at least one of those AP uh, modifiers is essentially getting taken away because almost everybody is in cover. Right? You can almost guarantee that the targets you're going to shoot at, like Primaris Marines, are going to be sitting in cover. So you're effectively shooting two up saves with, uh, you know, an AP two. Uh, the nice thing about this in theory is strategically, if your opponent knows you have this and they have to work around it, you essentially force them into the open, right? Uh, potentially, if they're playing a assault army. If they're playing like Iron Hands or Imperial Fist, I don't think they're going to really care. Yeah, they might not but, care. Yeah. But the thing is, it's warp, it's warp charge six, and the, all of your sorcerers know it. Yep. So it's not like there's an opportunity cost lost from having this power available, which makes it really nice. Yep. Um, and then the uh, Warlord trait is the Touch of Vicissitude. On a hit of unmodified roll of six in melee, you generate a mortal wound in addition to the normal damage. Yep. Um, honestly, Not bad at all. Demon Friends bait. I put it on a Demon Friends with claws. Yep. And it would give them the... Um, Diabolic Strength. Diabolic Strength. Let them go to down. Yep. Uh, and then we have the Relic, which is the Exalted uh, Mutation. So this is the Sorcerer. It's for Sorcerer only, basically. Uh, yeah. But what this relic does is it just beefs your sorcerer up where they get plus one strike, toughness, and attacks. Um, yeah. Kind of, yeah, not really that good. I could see, you know, there's a there's debate right now over the whole two power swords thing on the exalted sorcerers. Um, if that sticks and you can still do two swords, um, like that's that's legit and they rule that you can do that. I could see with Seer's Bane that actually being something that wouldn't be too bad, but... That all yeah, determine that all is dependent on whether you can take do that. this relic and Sears main. Oh uh, yeah, you're relics. right. This is a relic, isn't it? Could try the this yeah. shifty cult of scheming guy over here. <laughs> right. Well, well never mind. Uh, their cult of scheming. Their power is seated strategy. Warp charge six. Select a cult unit, a cult of scheming unit within 24 inches. That unit can shoot and charge even if it fell back. This is. Honestly, it's okay um, yeah. as far as powers go. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of benefit here, most because other than like Scarab Occult, I guess. Uh, being able to fall back and charge and shoot isn't really useful. Zangors, I suppose, it could be helpful, but um, it's all right. Well, you can't you can't actually... Oh, right, because Zangors aren't cult units. So, yep. yep. Um, this yep. is, kind this of is a, the theme. Kind of a dud here. Yep. All right. Uh, Warlord grand, trait is Grand Scheme. Friendly cult units within three inches of the Warlord gain the Disciples of Zinch uh, trait. So, um, effectively, your... Uh, I don't understand your notes here, but if I understand this correctly, your uh, non-rubric brains become objective secured? Correct. So this is how you factor this into the first power, where let's say you um, you have Zangors within, uh, what is it, three inches of your Warlord. Uh, so essentially that means the Zangors then gain the Disciple of Zinch ability. Uh, so essentially... But they're um, not cult units. Yeah, they can, they're not cult units. So uh, sorry if I was kind of getting up... I was probably going in the wrong direction there. So yeah. essentially what they do is they become objective secured. So this can become really good with like um, things like Mauler Fiends or Hell Brutes or something like that where you're like... Yep. Or a Hell or And the even better thing is uh, your models then count as twice the amount of models as they normally do. So they count as two models rather than one for holding the objective. I think that's actually a really... The, the bigger part of it because you're almost yeah. always going to run into objective secure units on objectives. Mm -hmm. So now like your, your warlord and maybe, I don't know, your five rubric Marines actually count as 12 units total uh, rather than just 10, if you're going up against something else and that, that can actually make a huge difference. Yeah. And then their relic is the theorem. Uh, once per battle in any phase, if this model is on the battlefield, select one stratagem and reduce the cost of that stratagem to zero. Uh, so there's actually some interesting things here I saw discussed online that make, make this very potent um, mm -hmm. in the soup army. Uh, effectively, the wording used does not lock this in as a thousand sun stratagem. So for instance, right. you could use this ability on... Well, any other chaos stratagem, really. That's right. Uh, the yeah. uh, the uh, most, 
I guess beneficial use of it, I think, would of course be to uh, find a really expensive stratagem you don't normally use and just drop it because you're gonna get your points back out of that. Well, you know what? You know what you could use this with actually is coruscating beam. Yep, drop the coruscating beam into a castle and uh, laugh as it just mortal wounds everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of the things that's really bad about the coruscating beam is you always hate um, actually like using three CP on that because it, I mean, okay, if it duds and it, and it's free for you to do, not a big deal. Like you've got your command points to go use on other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess you could, what you could do is if you don't think that's going to work out really well, you can use it for something else. But there, I don't feel like Thousand Sons are the army that de- that depend on one stratagem. It's yeah. usually more they have so many of them that they use that they tend to be very uh, thirsty for it for each round. So you're spending two or three per turn, but on different stratagems. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So moving on to Cult of Magic, I think these guys are probably going to be like the second uh, biggest one to the Cult of Prophecy, uh, just because these guys tend to be um, geared towards total output just total output of mortal wounds and they have some really good combos just in the three powers that or three things that they get. So first of all, their psychic power is warp charge six. It's astral blast. Uh, closest enemy within nine suffers D three mortal wounds and each unit within three of that unit suffers one mortal wound. This is really, really good because it's like a limited version of infernal gateway where units around it are only getting taking one mortal wound. However, if you take the, devastating sorcery warlord trait which they get uh, when the warlord manifests a power and it inflicts a mortal wound increase the mortal wound uh, dealt by one which is great because let's say you big smite for five well that would be actually six mortal wounds that you're big smiting for but this also applies to astral blast where now you're doing d3 plus mortal wound uh, plus one mortal wounds to the initial target and then you're doing two mortal wounds to every unit within three of that unit so that you know, big castle of space Marines that likes to sit there. Great. Here you go. You guys are getting blasted by this thing. Um, Mm. They also have a relic. uh, So when a psychic test is taken with this relic, add plus one to the result. Again, all of this stuff is very, very useful in any game, any game, all of this stuff will be useful, which is why I think these guys are kind of like the uh, first or second auto take, depending on what you're taking thousand suns to do. Yep. Uh, after that, we have the Cult of Knowledge. They have a Psychic Delve, Warp, cost, warp Charge 6. Uh, they select an enemy unit with an 18 when resolving the taxes that unit reroll wounds of 1. So, uh, honestly, this power is a little underwhelming to me, uh, mostly because it competes directly with the um, Doom power that Eldar have. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the Warp Charge is low, and... Uh, it, interestingly enough, it does not seem to be limited to just cult units. So another bit of uh, synergy there with other chaos units. Yeah, it could be my notes. Could be my notes on that one, to be fair. But um, in either case, you could take something like uh, butcher cannons on your contemptors, and that would make your butcher cannons pretty, pretty potent there. Mm -hmm. You Um, want, I would think you'd want um, weight of fire for that thing to become pretty effective right mm-hmm. all right and then uh the warlord trait is ardent scholar the real ones in the psychic phase for the the warlord and then the relic is a relic warp flame pistol with a range of 12 instead of six d6 shots ap minus two damage ap minus one flamer yeah uh, not too I mean, it's it's all right um yeah i don't think it's going to necessarily compete with the uh core relics no, it's definitely um, underwhelming for the cult of knowledge. Yeah. So. Well, then we have the cult to change. Uh, so their power is distributed reality, another warp charge six, select an enemy unit with in 12, uh, subtract one from their leadership and attacks. I think the main thing on this power is you're going for the minus one to attacks. Uh, again, this is a good counter against, say, possessed or uh, another heavy assault army that you might be facing, like, you know, hell. Um, target boys, a boy squad or whatever. There goes their, you know, their bonus for charging you or whatever. Uh, so um, that I think that's useful, but maybe not kind of one of the top tier 
uh, powers that we're looking at. Uh, their warlord trait uh, lets them reroll charge rolls, and they can shoot and charge after they fall back. Uh, again, when you just have that on one unit, that's eh. Uh, you have the um, uh, demon prince is probably the best target on that, just because that is really your best thing to throw in there. Uh, yeah. And then your your capricious crest was once per turn swap a one. Uh, so basically, what you do is you um, on your turn for a psychic test, uh, you can basically swap out a one to a six on your psychic test. Or if there's an enemy psychic test within 18 inches, you can swap a six to a one. Uh, so you can basically make your enemy try to peril, or you can uh, or basically just or just make it fail. Um, that kind of thing. So yeah. Honestly, the Capricious Crest is uh, honestly almost makes the Cult of Change uh, worth taking compared to the, like uh, Magic and Prophecy. Yeah, I would definitely take them as your secondary though, because yeah. they're they're a little more situational against they're they're a good defense against psychic armies. Yep. Uh, but other than that, all right. Next, we have the Cult of Duplicity. Yeah, their uh, power, new power is Sorceress Facade or Facade. 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 Yes. That's what it is. Uh, warp charge seven. This is yes. the defensive one. Select a friendly cult unit within six. Remove that unit from the battlefield and set them back up anywhere outside of nine inches from enemies. Yeah. So it's important to note that this ability just says cult unit and what qualifies as a cult unit and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you can't pick up cultists and you can't pick up Zengors, but you can and you can't pick up Magnus or Armand, but you can pick up damn near anything else. Uh, like so, a Hellbrute. Like a Hellbrute or a uh, Mauler Fiend. Or, or a Fellblade. Defiler, or a Fellblade. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go there. Yep. Um, I went there. This power will take you there. That's right. Um, so honestly, this is a fantastic ability for people that want to sort of play with the redeployment shenanigans. Yep. Uh I honestly, I think I would take this if I were playing Thousand Suns more. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, the movement ability on this is yep. just unreal. I mean, it's a psychic power, so you get to do it every turn. Yeah, and the thing is, it's again, all of your casters have this, so you could just the caster selects yeah. himself. So yeah. you pick up a unit of Rubric Marines and you move them wherever the heck they want to go. Now they're where they want to be, and the thing is, there's no real cost to doing it. Uh, yep. This is fantastic. Uh, Warlord trait, uh, duplicitous tactician, uh, redeploy up to D3 cult units, which can include transports. Uh, and if the unit is in the transport, it moves the unit inside the transport as well. That's correct. And that, also, I, I mean, you're just coupling these two together. You're just yeah. doubling down on how good this, this cult actually is. Uh, it's very similar to the, uh, the Marie or the, sorry, is it the Necrons one where it's, um, uh, I think it's one of the, uh, Catan shards that can take himself and D3 units with him. Yes. So it's similar um, in that nation, but it's or in that notion is, but it's just D three units that get to move. Yeah, though I did hear some speculation that you could also use this uh, Warlord trait to potentially put a unit that was on the table in reserve using the uh, Webway Strike stratagem. Yeah, so I think this it depends on the timing of when this happens. Um, I if it's all within the deployment phase still, then mm-hmm. yes. Uh, but if it's after the deployment phase, I don't think you can use the um, uh, the Risen Rubricay stratagem, uh, which is basically it lets you infiltrate your Rubric Marines uh, or your, um, uh, what is it, uh, the Webway thing. But I'd have to go back and double check the uh, uh, the wording on that and what phase that's actually applicable in. Yeah. And uh, then the relic is the perfidious tome. At the start of the round, roll d6. On a one, your opponent gets a command point. On a four plus, you get one. It's like a yeah. So, sorry, Mike. Uh, go slightly ahead. more high risk uh, helm of the third eye. Yeah, I, I get. I get the fact that some people don't like this because there's a chance your opponent gets a command point. I actually like this uh, because you should have something like a gaze of fate. Uh, in your back pocket where uh, you can re-roll this die. And what I like about it is there's no requirement on your opponent to spend spend command points. You can just use this as a, you know, each turn on a four up, you should be more or less getting a stratagem or a, or a command point for free. Especially with the um, current prevailing uh, meta of dumping all of your command points in the first two turns of the game. 
Right. Um, it makes this a much more viable option um, in some ways. Now, just going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, I did look up Webway infiltration, and I think I can see where this gets confusing or it becomes a gray area because <laughs> the wording on it says use the stratagem during deployment. It yep. does not say during the deployment phase. Uh, so rules lawyers are probably going to look at that and say, well, what counts as deployment? Um, if I'm setting models up, I'm redeploying models, that kind of thing, does that count? I don't know. Um, I think that probably mm -hmm. comes down to like a TO decision on how that gets yeah. ruled. Or Games Workshop will realize what people are doing and will FAQ oh, it here in like three months. Yeah, they'll probably FAQ it or something like that. But, but as appropriate for the cult of duplicity, there's going to be arguments about this. Hey, one way or another, this is a really good cult. I think uh, definitely one of the top tier cults yep. uh, just because of the movement ability. Um, you can redeploy stuff. Hell, one of the things you can actually do that we were talking about is we were looking at the um, uh, Infernal Fusillade stratagem, which basically lets you shoot your Rubric Marines or your uh, Scarabical Terminators twice, but it had a caveat that they don't move. Mm -hmm. Now, if you, let's say you use um, uh, the Risen Rubric and you infiltrate them or um, I'm going to use my redeploy and redeploy them into a location where they're positioned to be able to shoot twice without moving on my turn, uh, then that's the kind of thing that I think makes that, that fusillate a little bit more useful uh, for one CP rather than two uh, or three in some of the other armies that let you shoot or fight twice. Mm -hmm. uh, so just kind of thinking about that, you, you have some options there. Yep. And then the last cult is the cult of manipulation. Um, their power is attempted possession. Warp charge six. Selected enemy character with an 18. Um, that character suffers a mortal wound and subtracts two from psychic tests for that unit. Um, pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it, if you're fighting elves, I, this feels like a secondary, a secondary cult yeah. again, right? This is very much a situational ability, I think. Um, it depends on sort of what you think you're going to be up against. Yeah. Uh, the Warlord's trait is Beguiling Influence. Uh, subtract one from any enemy attacks within one inch of this Warlord. It This ability is okay, though really it, it kind of has to go into Demon Prince because you don't want anything yeah. else to be in close combat. Um, and honestly, I think the better version of this would be minus two from attacks within one. Um, and mostly just to make the point that so many things have, or almost everything that is in the game now has some kind of bonus when they charge or at least more than one attack when they charge. Mm -hmm. um, and you could say, Hey, to a minimum of one attack is what you could do. Oh, no, uh, no, but no. I it, think that this is I, minus one to hit, not one attack. Oh my, uh, no, it's, it's uh, subtract one from enemy attack. Uh, basically uh, mm -hmm. enemy. Sorry. It's my notes that are screwing this up. Yeah. It is subtract one from the attacks of, of every unit within one of the warlord basically. Mm. Uh, so it's stuff that gets within combat of it. Did I yeah. get that note wrong or is that? I mean, it might just be my uh, Nurgle addled brain. No worries. So that's my, anyways, that's my understanding of it. Um, that, that subtracts one from their attacks. And I think what's good about that is that, or kind of bad about that is it's only subtract one. So things that you'd really want mm -hmm. to use it against is like your smash captains that are hunting down your demon princes. Yeah. If they're going to get plus one to charge. So all they're doing is just getting that original, like, okay, they're already good without that bonus attack from what is it? The doctrines or whatever, or the thing they gave to or infernal assault or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, if it was minus two to a minimum of one, that would be a little bit better because even after the charge, you're, minim, you're, you're kind of hindering them a little bit, but eh, it's here nor there. Yep. And then uh, the relic is the Sorthus's Reflector. Um, effectively, what this allows you to do is the wielder of this relic can copy the weapon of any infantry model within one inch of this model as long as it's a leadership of nine or lower. Yeah. Um, but you cannot re-roll hits or wounds when yes. you do so. It's kind of the caveat. Yeah, I'm kind of iffy on this one, to be honest. Yeah, um, I, I can't think of many infantry models that have a weapon that'd be worth stealing per se, especially with the no re-rolls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think it's it's neat and it's kind of situational, but. You know, we have the changeling, and it's not like we're going around saying, "Hey, the changeling is is amazing because we can throw it into combat and just steals steals weapons from things," which yeah. is a great power it has. Most people just take the changeling for the aura. So, mm -hmm. 
right. so looking at all the cults, um, I think uh, definitely cult of prophecy, um, cult of magic, uh, cult of duplicity. Those are kind of like, if you think of these as like tier one and tier two, um, you're, as I think about it, Mike, there's probably two, you're going to need at least two battalions because the army is getting just thirstier for stratagems. So you need at least 10, 13 command points to start the game. 14. If you take, you know, like another, uh, detachment with it or hell you can take three battalions if you want to because sorcerers got cheaper but uh, i think what you're looking at is there's two tiers here you're probably taking a primary and a secondary cult uh, there's really not too much of a benefit of just taking all one cult uh, because they'll all have their own stuff that they can kind of target and i think you can organize your army in a way where you put the stuff that you want to target with say um, the healing spells into one detachment and then you put the stuff where you want to say hey we want to do our redeployments in the other uh, detachment. So, um, I, I think the, the, the top tier ones, cult of prophecy, uh, cult of magic, uh, cult of duplicity, those are kind of like your, your star cults that you kind of pick from to design your army around like your core pieces. And then what you do is you kind of figure out, okay, well, you know, depending on which one of those you're going with, the other ones kind of make up this secondary cult where you can kind of try to patch your weaknesses a little bit where, yeah. you know, Hey, if, if I've, if I've got kind of a weakness to psychic armies, maybe I take cult of manipulation or if I, you know, have, am worried about stuff assaulting me, maybe I'm taking, I don't know, cult of change uh, or, you know, something where I can, or, or cult of um, what is it? It's cult of scheming or the, uh, the one within the train, uh, mutation, sorry, cult of mutation yeah. where you're, you're, you know, hitting the terrain features and things like that. Yeah, I think the only one that's sort of a, I wouldn't consider taking at least, without having a very good reason to do so, it really would depend on what sort of local meta I would end, would be like Cult of Knowledge. Yeah. And that's really because the psychic power is solid against the certain opponents, but the warlord trait and the relic are sort of, yeah. meh. Yeah, yeah, and you, you've almost got to be doing a very specific thing with that. Yeah. with your army for that to really be useful. Yeah. So, and with psychic powers, the other limiting factor is in match play, you're only doing it once, right? Yes. Once per turn. So it only applies to one target. So, mm-hmm. kinda... which again is why having multiple cults in your army is beneficial. That way you have more powers to go yeah. around. All right. Well, we got to jump into some of these stratagems. We've, we've kind of hit on them as they've come up. Um, so just kind of jumping right in. Uh, first one they get is called Magister. It's one command point. Um, let's you just give another Warlord trait to a non-named character uh, that already doesn't have a Warlord trait. Mike, we talked about in this and just kind of like our lead-up talks earlier or kind of later last year. Uh, we kind of felt like this was coming because it was yeah. a common thing that all the other books were getting, right? Yeah, I think with most of the other books getting access to a, water tra- a stratagem like this to get extra water traits, um, this almost felt sort of ine- inevitable, um, especially because the cults give you extra water traits. It's very appropriate that they right. introduce this now. Right. Uh, Infernal Fuselade, we talked about. Uh, that's the one CP. You can take a Rubric Marine or Scarab Cult Terminator unit and shoot them twice as effectively with their bolt guns uh, if they didn't move. Um, it's good, but it's not good. So it's good yeah. that you get to shoot twice. It's good that we have AP2 bolters. Um, it's not good that they can't move to pull it off. So it acts just like Fire Frenzy on the Hellbrute, um, except you get to target stuff. Uh, the problem, Mike, that I have is that what dominates the game right now, this stuff is not very good against. Um, so even though you're going to say, okay, Space Marines, well, you got to look at the fact that Space, space Marines can take this all day long. Like if yeah. you want to shoot Primaris, uh, let's, I mean, I did the math the other day. If I want to look at my Scarab Occult Terminators and I want to shoot Primaris Marines with them, that's kind of like what they're meant to do. Go after elite infantry or tough elite entry, infantry. Mm-hmm. And that's what Primaris Marines are. Uh, Scarab Occult Terminators, essentially, you need three Scarab Occult Terminators shooting to kill one Primaris Marine guaranteed. Uh, and that's if they're in real bad. Right, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if they're even if they're out in the open, uh, just the regular math, the way that works out, even on a three up save, you need. I think it's like nine bullets to get there, which means that pushes you just over having that that two terminator. But even if you were to be let let's be uh, generous and say I need two terminators to a, to kill a prime a single primaris marine, 
that essentially means to kill a five-man Primera squad, I need a unit of 10 Terminators. And let's do the math on that. No, let's not. It's terrible. Yeah. And, you know, you're looking at that and you're just going, oh, well, okay, maybe I can put them in the close combat or they have a sorcerer. Well, the sorcerer's capped at one smite. Um, you could give them another power, but why are you going to give them, why are you going to put, you know, uh, or why are you going to put one of the other powers on them? You're probably like cult of magic. Okay. If I run cult of magic with them, maybe I get a chance to use that a little bit, but uh, I think you're going to put that on something where you're getting a bonus to your psychic power so that you get the bonus, um, or you stacking that with your warlord trait so that you're doing bonus output. So, you know, I just kind of, I kind of feel like Scarab Occult Terminators are in a bad spot, and they're the ones who you really want to be able to use this with. Um, Rubric Marines, I could see maybe some niche stuff with, uh, you know, a big squad of Rubric Marines, but again, you're you're running relatively similar math there with your Rubric Marines. Yeah, so. this is the type of stratagem that I wouldn't plan around. No, uh, I'd be more one of those things that if you're in the right situation and you can put a good number of shots on a unit that um it's good for it's good for then yeah. i would use um it's not like the um Celeste stratagem for chaos where you can have a unit that has legitimately powerful guns just to rip into something that'll kill yeah. you yeah this um, is why i'm definitely in favor of just giving scarab occult terminators four swords for free at yeah. their current cost i'm just all for that right now because that that would change the game with them being able to do d3 damage in combat great now they actually have a role they're a little bit more weighted towards close combat cool you know you could you could send them in and actually make them go do some work mm-hmm. so um next uh next one up we have yoked uh, automata uh this is the only two command point strategy we got i think it's pretty good uh and basically what you do is end of the charge charge phase uh, if the, if a, an enemy unit charged a thousand suns character, other than a shaman, uh, because shamans don't have the cult keyword, or they're zangors and they excluded zangors from it, uh, you can basically select a rubric marine or terminator unit within twelve uh, that is not within one inches of an enemy, and they can basically heroically intervene two d six inches. Um, that I think is really really good. Almost like it makes them work kind of like bodyguards for your sorcerers and your demon princes and stuff like that, where um, you can actually have a way to respond rather than something just getting picked off. Yeah. Uh, Risen Rubrique. One, one CP uh, lets you infiltrate a unit of Rubric Marines. Unfortunately, it's only usable once. Um, again, this is the kind of thing where I think what you can do is if, if you really want to go the uh, Infernal Fusillade uh, route, I think this is the way you do it. Uh, so you take them as uh, the cult of duplicity, okay? So you take the warlord trait um, that lets you redeploy D3 cult units. So you know you're going to at least redeploy one unit. And what you do is you set the game up, especially if you don't know that you're going first. Uh, you infiltrate, let's say you take 20 rubric marines, you bring them with all bolters, you set them up, you infiltrate them, you put them right up in your opponent's face, or you put them in cover right in front of them or something where you could basically just fire twice. Um, this is all done before the first round starts. Okay. So if you're going first, you know that they won't have, have to move that turn. And if you find out that you're not going first, then what you do is you say, okay, I just redeploy them and you pull them back and you put them into cover or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably one of the ways that you can do this. And you know what, if you're looking at the stratagems to be able to pull that off, like the cost of them, yeah, I can, I can reason with two CP that that's not breaking the bank. Um, yeah you know, I can, I can, I can handle that. So, mm-hmm. um, sorceress infusion, if a thousand suns mm-hmm. model, this is the one we were talking about before. If it uh, manifests power on nine plus, um, and that unit, uh, contains models that lost wounds, uh, you can immediately heal D three wounds or return a slain model to the battlefield. I yeah, think this, this is, is just good no matter what. Yeah, it's very potent regardless of what cults or powers you're using. You have a character that's taken some chip damage, you cast a spell on a nine, and you heal him back up to full. There's yep. uh, so many sort of applications here. Help Magnus benefits from this. Uh, Magnus um, does not benefit from this, actually. Uh, wait, yes, actually, no, you are, you are correct. Yeah, he does, because this is the stratagems. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you can heal Magnus up on and I mean... Now, Magnus casts almost everything on a nine plus. Yeah. So, 
Exactly. And couple this with temporal manipulation, you can heal them another D3. So that can yep. be very, very good at keeping stuff alive. Uh, yep. So then we have indomitable foes, one CP, when a rubric marine or terminate unit, unit is targeted until the end of the phase, improve the inbold save by one. Fantastic stratagem. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is a number of applications. Um, and honestly, sort of a long time coming. Um, this sort of a, helps patch some of the durability that these units have lost yep. as the addition is sort of progressed. Yep. Now hear me out on this. This is actually, uh, you, you actually can do some really cool stuff with this. So let's say you have your rubric Marines um, hiding out and they're, you know, I'm playing an ITC match and they're engineers. And if you're not familiar with ITC uh, engineers basically is a way for you to score a point. If a unit you nominate as engineers just basically sits on an objective and does nothing for the turn uh, kind of as a way that they just kind of sit there not doing anything in your backfield. Rubric Marines are notorious for being some of the best units to do that with because of all this dust because of their invulnerable save. Um, and you know, when you put them in cover, they get really, really tanky against uh, indirect fire. So mm-hmm. Uh, where this gets really cool uh, with this one is let's say you've got your engineers, you want to keep them alive, but you're playing maybe like a guard unit or something and they've brought a basilisk or something. And those, those things are nasty. Well, okay, great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just improve my invuln save down to a four up. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you've actually got a chance to survive. Or let's say we're going against Thunderfire cannons and it, you know, what are they? AP two in devastator doctrine. Yeah. So, you know, okay, now we've just canceled out, uh, all their AP because if you remember in 40k, uh, the all is dust rule applies to your invul. So on a one damage weapon, now you're actually getting plus two to your save. So against a thunderfire cannon, you have an effective three up save, mm-hmm. which is really really big in the game. So. Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to hit the last one? Last but not least, we have adepts of the immaterium one CP. If a thousand sun unit perils, it doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't peril anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, for an army that casts as many psychic powers as Thousand Suns does, this is sort of a godsend. Yeah. Um, and um, again, it's just quality of life for the army. I think this also kind of plays into um, stuff that likes to trigger on it. So maybe in the Demon's Mirror match where you peril yeah. uh, and they decide, oh, well, you know, one of the ways they can get to your characters is you peril. For one CP, they make you take 2D3 mortal wounds, so it could potentially pop any of our base casters, uh, except for a Demon Prince. That's the kind of thing where you just say, yeah, you know what, I'll spend a CP to just prevent that from happening. Yep. So. Nope, not happening. Yep. Now, I do wonder, Mike, can I do that in response to them? Like, this is where it gets really weird. Because so, remember when we had the Vex... And whether you yeah. can, you know, the whole vecting a vect kind of thing. Uh, this gets weird because you almost can sit there and make them, sp- like you want them to spend the CP to do it. And then you want to respond to say, well, now they don't peril. And because it's my turn, I can control the order of the operations, right? Correct. So um, strictly speaking, uh, based off of what I understand about the stratagem, I do believe that you can play this stratagem in response to them using their demon stratagem to make you right. for perils. Right. That's, that's kind of how I understand it as well, because they have to, they have to do it, but you basically, because it's your turn, you get the last say. Correct. Right. I guess that's something that might need an FAQ. We should write to a uh, games workshop actually on that one. Cause I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure a lot of people really are focused on that too much. Yeah. It's the type of thing that is like, that's a magic, the gathering question. I, I yeah. Yeah move my little metal my plastic guys and roll <laughs> dice i don't want to have to make a supercomputer. well mike what's your summary so far on what you've seen here pretty good i mean nah. a really this is a fantastic um sort of update to the core what i consider to be the core of the thousand sons army um and goes a long ways towards again patching the army I don't think Thousand Suns are going to become like meta-defining or anything like Marines did. Uh, but because really just they don't have the options to um, do that. However, I do think that this will allow Thousand Suns as a mono army to actually compete as something beyond just a Supreme Command and a larger yeah. Chaos Force. 
Yeah, that's really well said. And I think, um, I think the the thing I see with Thousand Suns right now is that they will probably get throttled by the really top medalists right now, or the top meta armies that are, you know, your Imperial Fists, your your Iron Hands, those kind of things. Like in in the hands of really good players, you know, if we if we were to just say, okay, the players are neutral, though the Thousand Suns are probably going to get beat. They're just going to get overpowered by the just the force of the shooting and everything else that those armies can do. Now, yeah. what I like. Uh, is that Thousand Suns still kind of have this niche role carved out where they can kind of deal with anybody and they can be that army that not a lot of people play, but you have to be able to deal with. Uh, yeah. You have to be able to deal with it. And when when you're not prepped for it, there will be matches where Thousand Suns will just roll that army because they don't have any psychic defense. They don't have any way to really defend against mortal wounds. And even when they do, like Custodes, uh, you can just throw so much of it at them that they just they get run over. Yeah. Um, so you, you have a natural counter to a lot of, a lot of stuff in the game. Um, I think without getting into it, uh, I think gray Knights might be the thing we need to really w- watch out for because the stuff that they got looks, they look like they got the Marine treatment for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a thousand sons I'm, I'm real, real happy with the option we got here. Cause if you were to tell me, Hey, we'll get a couple things that are really, really good. And then the rest of it sucks, or we get a bunch of stuff that's, you know, we're not going to get anything that's amazing, but we're going to get a lot of stuff to have a big bag of utility. I would much rather prefer to have that because it gives us so many more options for building armies. Yeah. So, well, that probably does it here for uh, our kind of our review and our run through here of Psychic Awakening. Um, I think we're going to try and get some games in here over the next uh, week or two weeks uh, and maybe kind of report back and kind of see how things are going. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I think I'm forgetting one thing though. Really? Am I? No, no, I'm not forgetting that Magnus did nothing wrong, right? No, Magnus did nothing wrong. Despite yeah, he, the naysayers, yeah. Magnus did nothing wrong.